Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 22 of Upon Further Review. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn, and out there, far away, we have... Uh, Evan Grant. In the beautiful city of... San Diego, which is German for whale's vagina. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you'd say that on the air, can you? You can say that on this podcast, I'll tell you this. I think I think actually it stands for St. James, but go right ahead with that. But we we, we talked about Michael Irvin's urine samples in the last uh, last podcast we had with Babe Laufenberg, so we're, we're off to a good start. Yeah, it's a urologist convention. Evan, here. is this going to be a September to remember for Ranger fans? Let me just interrupt you, fellas, once again. I, now, if I'd have made some mention to like Citizen Kane. That probably would have resonated with you, but because it was a line from Anchorman, it went right over your head. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Anchorman, not one of the uh, real classics. I don't think it made the top 100 films of all time. Uh, yeah, of, of the people 60 and over. Okay, let's go. <laughs> is this a, is this going to be a September to remember for Ranger fans? With September 1st, we're sitting here. Tell us. Well, there. You know, I, I think this is. At this point, this is a playoff club. I think that things are lined up well for this team to make a run um, uh, at Houston in September. And uh, given where the team started out, where the interest was in this club after last year, I think it's it's a uh, a surprising September for a lot of people. Um, I think that. People, uh, as, as Kevin noted in his column the other day, you know, have, have woken up and all of a sudden, here it is, a uh, time when most people are tuning out the Rangers. And, by the way, they're in the thick of the playoff. Huh? But it's football season in Dallas, Texas. It's high school football, college football. The Cowboys have a very important exhibition game, their fourth exhibition game. Don't call it an exhibition game. They hate it when you uh, do It's that. an exhibition game. It's, 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 it's for the golden – is it for the boot with the Houston uh, – with, with the Houston team, or is this for a different trophy? The Houston Texans, that would be is, the team. But is, this, is, but is this for a different thing? Uh, I don't think this there's a, for something entirely different. I think this is still played. called the Ralph Neely Bowl, I think, actually. I thought it was the John McClain Trophy. I, th- I thought you were going to say it was the Whale Vagina Bowl or something like that. Kevin, come on. <laughs> All right, so, so now the roster is going to expand. Who's coming up? Uh, well, Joey Gallo. Everybody has to be excited because Joey Gallo is going to be up here as of uh, we are speaking on Tuesday morning. So by the time everybody hears this, Joey will probably have landed here in San Diego. will have probably already scoped out the nearest Chipotle because that is his favorite food. And um, he will be ready to go. He will be used, I would think, pretty much ex- uh, exclusively as a pinch hitter. But the thing that uh, everybody wants to think about Joey Gallo is the the uh, the extreme power, but he showed earlier this year he can play a little bit of third base, can play a little bit of the outfield, can um, can move pretty well for a big man, and and, I, and, and so I, I think this team could use him um, not just as a bat off the bench, but as somebody that if they need to move some pieces around late in the game, they could do the, they, they could use him there. What's well, a little uh, more important other, too now because now we see that Josh Hamilton cannot play the outfield for the rest of the year. What a stunning development! 
I sense a bit of sarcasm in your voice, Kevin. No, no. I, I actually, I am. I am stunned by that. I thought that he was really going to be able to shake this off and be all right and come back. I, I really don't know what his. I, I know he's available to come off the bench as a pinch hitter, but talk about reducing his value to the team for the rest of this season. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think this was just. It's obviously a lost year for Josh. He's, he's played in 38 games to this point, and because he his off season was such a mess, and the thing with the Angels extended so long, I, I don't know that you can completely make a determination whether um, his body has fallen apart or whether it's still just kind of in the process of falling apart. But uh, he's not going to be capable of playing the outfield the rest of the year. I was surprised when John Daniels said he's not. He's not looking at him um, as an outfield option for the remainder of the year. But it's a nice bat to have off the bench, again, in, in, a, in a situation where uh, an opponent might want to bring a right-handed reliever into the game, and, and you've got Josh sitting there. Um, why would it have wouldn't be, why He would it... wouldn't be an option. He wouldn't have been an option before September 1 because of the fact that he can't play the outfield, and so if you're going to – and he really can't run past, you know, jogging to first or, or jogging the bases. So it's almost a two- or three-for-one kind of move. You can do that in September, and he can he can have some value for you there. Why would an opponent want to bring a right-handed reliever in against the Rangers anyway? Uh, because it might be a setup guy? Uh, I don't know. Against this lineup, I'd bring lefty, 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 lefty. That's all I would do. Evan, uh, uh, not many teams have that many lefties. That, that is true. In uh, at this point, uh, what? How do you feel like the Rangers' bench is shaping up? If if they're going to make a run here, and if they should get into the postseason, and we're getting a little premature here, but uh, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, with, with Mike Napoli and uh, Josh Hamilton uh, sitting on the bench, ready to come up as a pinch hitter. Um, the two years they went to the World Series, they didn't have that kind of uh, pop coming off the bench. No, they didn't. Um, and they, they, but hey, they had in 2011 they had a defensive specialist in Andy Chavez who sat on the bench all the way through the sixth, the ninth inning of the World Series in Game Six. And um, <laughs> I, I, I think this manager will uh, be more. I think this manager is going to be more willing to use his bench in every way, shape, and form. Um, if he gets to the postseason, uh, they are going. They are adding a number of uh, very specific pieces. I mean, they're even talking about bringing up Jerickson Profar, who couldn't do anything but hit and run right now for him too. He can't play the field. But look, this is a guy who you know could could run for him uh, in a situation where they might want to uh, swap out for a catcher or even for a first baseman. And I, I think they will use every possible tool that they have to try and create some runs in close games. Did I detect a little bitterness about Game Six uh, there against the Cardinals from you? Uh, look, I think in retrospect, you know, based on what on how Nelson Cruz played that ball and the fact that you did have a superior defender in Indy Chavez on the bench, I, I think that, yeah, it was a mistake. And um, it, it, it's, I, I think it was uh, uh, one of those situations in, in retrospect where, you know, you start looking at, okay, you're going to win, a, if you want to win a World Series, you're going to have to 
um, plan for every possible contingency, and the Rangers didn't plan as well as they needed to in, in that particular instance. Um, and for some reason, Nelson was playing very shallow, and, and, and it burned him. Um, Let me ask you I this, because I was there yeah. as you were there, but, and Tim Kalashaw yeah. was there, uh, but I also had my head buried in a column trying to get that done on deadline. I have heard the story that Indy Chavez ran out of the dugout towards right field in the ninth inning and was called back. Have you ever gotten that firmed up, or did you see that? Uh, I No, the only thing I have heard is that Andy, at one point in time, was told to go play the outfield, or he said he was told to go play the outfield, and then they decided not to have him go play the outfield. But I don't recall seeing him run out towards the field. Although Tony LaRusso also said that he noticed that uh, uh, Nelson Cruz was playing too shallow in right field and, and said this was going to burn them. That's why Tony LaRusso is a Hall of Famer. Let's let's look, right. let's look to the future. Let's, let's look to the future because the the past is so is painful, pa- hurtful, hurtful, very very painful. All right, let, let's let's talk about the this team in this series here. Are, are that was not a good start last night, a seven and zero loss to the Padres, brutal brutal loss. Um, what what makes you think they're going to bounce back today? Uh, a San Diego is not a very good team. Um, B you know Tyson Ross. Tyson Ross completely shut them down um, in the last game before the All-Star break, and his his slider-fastball combination obviously is a, is a, uh, a poor mix for the Rangers. Um, I, I think that this team – I. this team has not played well against teams below 500 this year, and I think you can – draw some conclusions from that, but I also think that all the conclusions that you would draw based on, on where this team played earlier in the year and the makeup of this team earlier in the year, I think you would have to discount them all. Last night was a bad start to the road trip, just like the the one hitter that Alfredo Simon uh, threw against them in Detroit two weeks ago, and then they won the next three at, at, at Detroit. And so I look for them to bounce back tonight. I, I do think that they are a little bit more hampered, obviously, in the American, in the National League, because you're you're sitting one of, of your bats, and that shortens up the lineup a little bit. But uh, I think this team will find a way to create some runs here tonight. Let's talk about the guarantee. I would call it a guarantee that Prince Fielder made to you when you talked about to him about his lack of extra base hits going into this series. Well, he didn't guarantee it. He said, um, I would like to have 10 homers in the next 15 games and eight doubles. Um, And then he said, now put that down and put it out in the air because if you say it, then it'll come true. So I I think that was maybe wishing upon a star, but he certainly did double in his first at-bat last night um, in this park. And I... There's there part of it, you know, you worry part of it is, is he wearing down at the end of this year? Um, and, and certainly as, as guys cross the age of 30, you do wonder about that possibility. But on the other end of the spectrum, I also think that this is a guy who has gotten so comfortable with who he is that he's not going to push to hit the home runs if they're not available. If he is, he's become much more adept at being willing to attack what the pitcher is leaving open for him. And if that is 
the single the opposite way. If it is, if it is a single up the middle, uh, he's willing to take it. As he said, you know, I want to drive in runs, and I don't necessarily have to drive in runs with home runs. I've just got to drive them in. It certainly he's the seems- Rangers' number three hitter. You'd like to see a guy with 25 to 30 home run power in that spot. And right now, he hasn't shown that. He certainly, it certainly looks like uh, teams are starting to pay attention to the fact that he'll go the other way. You don't see the shift nearly as much with him as you did before. No, you don't. I, I, I think he has, I don't know, I don't want to say completely beaten the shift because some teams will, some teams won't. But, but I do think that, that there have been much more, many more instances this year where teams have kind of backed off a little bit and played him a little bit more straight up, and that, that's a credit to Prince. And, and I think because of it, he's also had a few of those singles to right field that in the past two years when he did play last year and in, in 2013, uh, those were outs to the second base. Speaking of wearing down, what about the starting pitcher last night? Um, that's two subpar performances in a row, I think. Um, what's your thought on that? Two two five, two sub six inning performances for Colby after he's been kind of a six inning machine, um, with a guy who is thirty six and who is uh, approaching one hundred and seventy innings at this very moment. Uh, yeah, you you do have a few concerns about that, but I, I think the Rangers and and I wrote a little bit about this this morning. I think the Rangers have done a pretty good job of trying to manage innings for Colby and Giovanni Gallardo and making sure that these guys would at least be in position where they weren't going into uncharted territory here in in September. Um, And I also think, you know, the Rangers have an off day on Thursday. Uh, I think it's very possible that they will, uh, after that off day, maybe drop in Chichi Gonzalez uh, as soon as the, the, the round rock regular season is over and kind of give them for the next three weeks when they've got 16 straight games, give them three turns of the rotation with a six-man rotation to kind of keep everybody a little bit more fresh. All right. Um, Let's change the mood here a little bit. Let's talk about a starting pitcher who pitched over the weekend and everybody was just wowed by him. Uh, The the pitcher. Yeah, okay. Let's let's just go through these really abrupt transitions, Harry. What are you? (laughs) Did you write the script for this show? You're, you're, oh you're, you're, you're sitting on the terrace of some hotel in San Diego, looking over the bay, having room service, breakfast. Uh, Kevin and I came down Central Expressway this morning in the, the traffic. The tollway, actually. Or the, or the toll, well, you live in the, in the, in the uh, tonier part of town. Came down the tollway in traffic to be here. So let, let's not be too hard on Kevin and I, okay? okay. And, and let's move the show along and let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels? You want to talk <laughs> he, about Cole Hamels? He thought you were going to talk about Derek Holland. All right, let's talk about it. What about Cole? You didn't think Cole Hamels? <laughs> you didn't think Cole Hamels pitched a, a, a hell of a game the other night? The other they day? Both pitched, they both pitched very well. Oh, my and, uh, I think this is, again, what you're, you know, you're looking at, at a guy in Holland who's very fresh, and uh, fresh arms in September are a big difference for, for clubs. And... Hamels is a guy who is annually a more than 200-inning pitcher. I think he's made whatever minor adjustments, and I, I don't even know that there's anything that's really detectable that, that you would pick up except that 
guys had to adjust to just being in a new city, new park, new teammates, blah, 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 blah. And, and it, it, it's still a change for everybody. No matter, no matter how much you want to turn these guys into automatons and robots, it's still a change, and and it whether they acknowledge it or not, there there's some level of an adjustment period. But you are you are looking at two left-handed pitchers here, who are capable of giving you seven or eight innings um, on regular basis, capable of of making sure your bullpen doesn't have to work too hard, and who are in a period in their respective seasons. Where they are, they are still kind of, as, as Jeff Bannister says, kind of on the upward trend, as opposed to going into. You know, I, I hate to to harp on the on the Astros here, but Dallas Keuchel and Colin McHugh, they're number one and number two. Those guys are are very quickly fixing to head into un- uncharted territory in terms of innings pitched at the most important time in the season. All right, we got. The Rangers have seven games left with the Astros, and as, as and by the way, I believe those that's the only team they have left to play that has a winning record at the moment. Is that not correct? Correct. Uh, so everything rides on those seven games, don't you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Rangers are going to have to win both of those series. They're going to have to win three out of uh, three out of four in in, in Arlington, and, and two out of three in, in Houston. Basically, you know. They, they, my math makes that what uh, five and two. Yeah, is that correct? That's correct, sir. Um, you win. You 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 win both those series. Um, you take care of your other business. You end up winning the division. And uh, let's look at that situation here. If they let's say they're just the wild card, uh, and uh-huh. they end up playing the Yankees in Yankee Stadium on the first Tuesday of October, uh, in that situation. Uh, you start Cole Hamels, don't you? Yeah, providing you know you don't need to have Cole Hamels. I, I haven't mapped out the rest of September to see like how things would fall based on both a five man and and a modified five man. But you may you, you may need Hamels to start the last game of the regular season, and in that case, you should have a Derek Holland ready to go on on game one. And I would submit to you right now that when I look at the Yankees rotation. I don't see anybody on, on, on my radar that I, I level as even with, with Holland or Hamels. I know Nathan Valdez had a great season for the Yankees, and he's pitched much better here in the last month or so. But uh, he's also, again, another guy who's going to have an awful lot of innings in him where Holland's basically going to be you know, kind of hitting his, just really hitting his stride. So uh, I think Jerry Fraley pointed out the other day that uh, in calculating through the end of the season that that Hamels would have the last start in a five man rotation uh, of the regular season. So, but that it does raise a question about uh, on how. Of course, it depends on where you're coming in at too. If you're if you're battling to the last day uh, to get that playoff right. spot, then then Hamels starts his makes his start. Uh, if not, maybe you maybe you rethink that situation a little bit. Yeah, I, you know I. I I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with these other wild card teams right now. Right now, the Twins are the Rangers' um, competition for the second wild card, and uh, Cleveland is all of a sudden surged a little bit, and and they're on the fringes of the wild card. But you know, right now, I, I see six teams for five playoff spots, and let's see what happens with the Twins and what their schedule holds the rest of the way. Um, and, and it's very possible that. 
while the beginning and middle of September might be the craziest uh, stretch of, of the pennant race that we've seen in a long time, it's possible that coming down to the last week or 10 days that the five teams could, could basically be settled and it would be a matter of, of club kind of um, uh, aligning their, their, their spots so that you would have the best Rangers pitcher going against the best Yankees pitcher in Yankee Stadium. And, and uh, listen, I think that that race, too, is, is up in the air. The Yankees have a lot of games left with Toronto. Um, they, uh, they have looked old here uh, lately. Teixeira has not played, and that's been a real um, detriment for their offense, although not against Atlanta. But um, he has looked old. Alex has looked old, and I'm not. I'm not so certain that the the Rangers can't catch either the Yankees or the Astros for a uh, for a situation that would allow them to have some home playoff games. At the risk of abruptly changing the topic again, Evan, I just want to say I think the time has come for us to say goodbye. That's not changing the topic. That's just shutting me up. <laughs> and you know, readers and listeners everywhere are, are thankful. To are me. thankful. For I, that. I will be the. I will be a Twitter hero today. Or when this podcast comes out. Evan, thank you so much for getting up early. I know you did. You're on the West Coast. And enjoy your room service breakfast. All right. And now I'm going to go do my online chat. So adios, gentlemen. Be well.